This podcast contains content and language not suitable for some listeners. Welcome to Oddities and Curiosities, a podcast about murder, the paranormal, and other oddities sure to pique your curiosity. We are Amanda and Brittany. Hello. Hi. What's up? The sky. Oh, God. I quit. I'm going. That's it. That's where we're at. We're recording on a Thursday. It's weird. It is weird. We're a little off, but it's fine. We still have stuff there may to have talk been, about. There may have been things. I mean, we may have had to work today. We may have decided to podcast in our pajamas. I'm wearing a nightgown. And we may have left our computer charger at home and had to take a road trip to go get it. <laughs> yeah, we did take a little road trip. But it's fine. We're in our PJs. I ain't got no bra. You, you I mean, you I do. had to wear a bra. I'm not. It's fine. It's a thing. But I am wearing a nice mama nightgown, and I'm just okay with it. I don't even care. <laughs> and we rode through town like this, too. Don't give two I shits. I am fine with it. Hairs and messy buns on top of the head. Yep. We're ready to go. Yeah. Episode 97. Oi. Daddy's girl. Yes. Yeah. So sweet, right? Or is it? Well, you're here. It's not (laughs) sweet. We already know. Yes. But you know what is sweet? This hump day treat. This hump day treat. Because it's it's hump hump day. day. I know. What's wrong with you? We have sweet stuff and alcohol. We do. So here's what happened. Okay. So the topic is daddy's girl. Yes. So I was trying to think of something to kind of go with. And I was trying to think of something that me and my dad both like. And the first thing that popped into my head was snickerdoodle cookies. Fuck yes. They're my favorite. They're my dad's favorite. They're delicious. They're my favorite, too, so it works out. Yeah, Amanda's favorite, too. So, there's this new coffee place um, close to our work Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. Bossier, uh, Bossier City for the local folk, called B&T Coffee. Go. Go. It's good. Yeah, it's so good. They've been open for a couple months, but they just had their, like... Formal grand opening ribbon cutting shit. Like yeah, it was really cute. Yeah, it. They had that about a week ago. Our friends Faith and Amber were there. Yes, the Moonlit Artisans, the girls that we introduced y'all to a couple seasons ago. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they have some artwork hanging in there. He has artwork from a lot of local artists decorating the the coffee shop and and some really cool podcast cu- uh, business cards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's us. Yeah, it's ours. Yeah. So yeah, that's why they're really cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they have um, not a lot of food, but they have some... They have enough. ...cookies and some pastries, and they have a couple little, like, breakfast things. Ashton got this breakfast biscuit one day, but it's, like, a stuffed biscuit situation with sausage and egg and cheese inside. Shut the fuck up. Really? It's really good. Why didn't you tell me about this? I did. I don't... Why do I not remember? Because I brought one to work, and I was eating it from a desk drawer. Ooh. Because we're not supposed to do that. I just told on myself. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anyway, I love their snickerdoodles. I went in there one day for lunch because I wasn't really feeling lunchy. I was just feeling like coffee yeah. and a snack. Yeah. 
And not a whole lot of places carry snickerdoodles. They have like chocolate chip and, you know, salty caramel and yeah, sugar cookies. So, of course, I got one. Yeah. They are so good. They're so buttery. Yes. And they're chewy, but not gooey. The density is perfect. They've got a little bit of crisp, but they're not crunchy. Right. It's like the perfect cookie consistency. And they put extra cinnamon and sugar on top of it. Oh, my God. It's so good. They're fabulous. So go by there and grab some coffee. Everything I've tried is good. I've had their hot coffee. I've had their cold coffee. It's all delicious. They have stuff for the kiddos, too. Ooh, they even made my green matcha tea thing. Yes. Perfectly. Yeah. Amanda doesn't drink coffee, but she loves a good matcha, and she likes theirs. So Yeah. That's saying something. And because we have to drink things. Yes, we do. <laughs> I got a four-pack of these little uh, barefoot bubbly pink Moscatos. They're little so Little tiny cute. bottles of sparkling wine here. Little bottles of happiness. Yes. They're lovely. And it's really good. It's kind of like holding a beer bottle, but it looks daintier. It's pink. It is definitely daintier. Mm-hmm. It's smaller. It's shorter. And it's pink. And it's pink. And it's got bubbly stuff in but it. But yeah, check out B&T Coffee, drink some bubbly, and happy humping. Woohoo! Woo! <laughs> I just wooed. You did. <laughs> oh, no. She's not even drinking vodka. This week, my case yeah. is not murdery. I've, yeah, you did tell me that part, but I don't know anything else. Yeah, it's not murdery because I was just kind of... Okay, so here's how my Google went. Okay. <laughs> that The daddy's girl topic can be so up for interpretation. Yes. You could pretty much do just about anything, and I kind of like topics like that because a lot of times Amanda and I tend to go two different directions, yes. which is always fun. <laughs> so... I typed in, like, father-daughter criminal teams just to see what popped up. Okay. And because this is fairly recent, it popped up. And I didn't have a whole lot of information, but I was like, I kind of like this because it's not murdery. So let's go a different direction this week. Yeah. So here we are. Okay. And it's kind of short, but sweet. And I only have two pictures, so. Well, don't worry. (laughs) Have you overloaded with the pictures? I... Packed it in there. All right. We're good. Okay, so here we go. Okay. My case is on Robert and Noni Whitley. Okay. It was a family affair for a duo who were convicted of selling stolen items online. Yeah. This is great. (laughs) Robert Whitley and his daughter Noni Whitley have been sentenced to federal prison for selling millions of dollars of stolen retail products through their online businesses Closeout Express, and Essentials Daily Discounts. Well, okay. Yeah. These crimes impact not only the retailers, but every consumer, said Acting U.S. Attorney Kurt R. Erskine. Yeah. It's not a cute name. Sorry, Kurt. Mm -mm. Organized retail crime and other massive frauds have become more common through online platforms. We and our law enforcement partners will continue to seek out and prosecute these criminal enterprises. So, yeah, it, it is. It's a problem. Like people that shoplift don't really realize how many things they're affecting when they well, do that. And to do it on such a massive scale is so simple now because of the interweb. Yeah. So here's a quote from Chris Hacker, special agent in charge of FBI Atlanta. <laughs> Hacker. Hacker. Okay. Chris Hacker. <laughs> 
The Whitleys are now paying the price for inflicting financial harm to legitimate small businesses and consumers affected by those businesses' losses. The FBI and our law enforcement partners are committed to working together to protect consumers and businesses from these types of crimes, which I'm sure is hard to hard to track. Yeah. Yeah. Here's another good last name. Okay. Here's a quote from Tommy D. Coke, <laughs> inspector in charge of the Atlanta division. <laughs> Postal inspectors will continue to vigorously peruse, no, not peruse, pursue individuals that are driven by their own insatiable greed and also demonstrate a blatant disregard for the economic impact that can occur. This sentence is the culmination of a successful joint investigative effort to dismantle an ongoing retail crime ring and continue to ensure the integrity of the mail system. So I don't know how exactly they can. I don't know. I guess a lot of words. I don't know a lot about the postal system. I do not either. But how can they track that kind of stuff? How do they know if somebody's still selling stolen goods? Because, I mean, they they presented themselves as, like, retail outlets. So I'm a little confused as to how Anybody they can track that. Anybody in the postal system, let us know. How do you do that? Yeah. We how need do to you know, know the things. And I'm never going to remember to Google that. No. Mm-hmm. We say we do, but we I, can't, we, I never remember to Google things, especially the more obscure things like, how do you inspect mail? How do you know if stolen goods are being sent through the mail? Yeah. I don't know. According to the acting U.S. attorney, Erskine, (laughs) the charges and other information presented in court between approximately January 2011 and November 2019, Robert and Noni Whitley operated an organized retail crime operation, or ORC, (laughs) in Atlanta through several entities, including Closeout Express and Essentials Daily Discounts. And orc. <laughs> I like that better than ORC. <laughs> I do. Operation refers to a professional shoplifting, cargo theft, or retail crime ring or other organized crime occurring in a retail environment. Robert Whitley was the owner and operator of Closeout Express. Noni Whitley worked with her father and helped operate and manage their orc operation. <laughs> Why is that so funny? I don't know why. (laughs) Closeout Express and Essential Daily Discounts operated from a warehouse and several residences in Atlanta. The defendants relied on boosters, who are essentially professional shoplifters, to steal specific retail products or categories of items, including over-the-counter medications like Prilosec, Nexium, Rogaine, and Claritin. <laughs> Necessities, okay? Mm-hmm. Get our heartburn and our hair in check and our allergies. Right. They also stole shaving razors, oral care products, and health and beauty aids. Oh, my God, people. Mm-hmm. The boosters stole these products from various retailers, national drugstore chains, and national supermarket chains throughout metro Atlanta, including CVS, Kroger, Publix, Target, and Walgreens. Not Target. Leave Target alone. (laughs) I mean, really? Yeah. (laughs) The boosters would typically bring the stolen product in large trash bags to close out Express's warehouse in southwest Atlanta. Classy. Robert and Noni Whitley paid the boosters in cash for the stolen product. 
The investigation revealed that Robert and Noni Whitley paid dozens of boosters to steal products over the years. So this was no small operation. Yeah, not if they're coming to a warehouse and doing all this stuff. Yeah, no, they they make a bank, obviously. Close, yeah. Closeout Express sold the stolen retail products at below retail or even wholesale cost, mm. mainly online at its own websites and through various online e-commerce platforms, including the Amazon Marketplace, yeah. the Walmart Marketplace, which I didn't know was a thing. And the Sears Marketplace, which I also didn't know was a thing. Wait, when was this? This was in 2017. I thought Sears was closed. Or is that just here? <laughs> it might just be here. In exchange for a monthly fee or some percentage of the sales, these platforms permit third-party sellers to establish online storefronts to sell newer used products on a fixed-price online marketplace alongside these companies' regular offerings. Okay. So it's kind of like... Many Amazons on Walmart. And, you know, I've noticed that on the Target app, when I go to search for something to order it to pick up later. Yeah. If I'm not sure if they have it, you know, I'll type something into the search bar and I might see a couple related items. But then I'll start seeing stuff from other retailers. Yeah. Yeah. Walmart does that. Yeah. And they can ship it to you through them. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what they were doing. They were using that marketplace system. Okay. Closeout Express established online storefronts on each of these marketplaces to sell their stolen retail product. Specifically, Closeout Express operated an online storefront on the Amazon Marketplace from approximately January 2011 until July 2018. Damn. During that time, Closeout Express sold more than 140,000 items through this oh storefront. With respect to the Walmart and Sears marketplaces, Closeout Express operated online storefronts beginning in September 2017 and December 2014, respectively. So Sears could have been the 2014 one. It could be. I don't know. Through these two online storefronts, Closeout Express processed more than 30,000 orders between Walmart and Sears marketplaces. I want to know how much money they made. I'm going to get to it. Oh, Okay. In November 2019, after an investigation, law enforcement shut down the Whitley's operation. That month, the FBI and U.S. Postal Inspection Service executed multiple search warrants at Closeout Express's Southwest Atlanta warehouse and multiple residences connected to Robert and Noni Whitley. (laughs) Oh, yeah. These locations have been used to sort, store, and process the stolen retail product, or to clean the items of identifying information or anti-theft devices. Ah. Among other evidence of the ORC operation, (laughs) agents recovered more than $1 million in stolen retail products. Holy shit. While in operation, Robert and Noni Whitley sold stolen retail products valued at more than $6.1 million through Closeout Express and Essential Daily Discounts across the various e-commerce platforms. You want to see what they look like? Yeah, I do. Let's look at Robert first. Okay. This is a picture of him in his Closeout Express warehouse. He looks like a sweet old man. People called him Mr. Bob. Mr. Bob. Mr. Bob. What are you doing? You ain't living right, Mr. Bob. Stop it. The other picture is the only picture I could make 100% sure was Noni Whitley. That is her uh, LinkedIn profile picture. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. (laughs) And it says on there, Noni Whitley, like administrative, whatever, whatever for Closeout Express. Okay. 
Um, but why would that be your LinkedIn picture? That's not professional. That's, that's not a LinkedIn. Mr. Bob's that, doing his LinkedIn picture. Yeah. Now that one is appropriate. <laughs> a cropped selfie that's probably got five other people in it is, pro- you know. From the club. Can you just. Oh, <laughs> that's <God>. club lighting. <laughs> yeah. Right. Maybe just pick a different one. Get that AI simulator thing, you know. No. That everybody's doing. Maybe she should have done that instead. <laughs> Just like take a normal or picture. Just, you know, if you're trying to connect with business professionals, don't use your club picture. Yeah. Robert Whitley and Noni Whitley also sold hundreds of thousands of dollars of stolen product through Essential Daily Discounts own website. So while they were using all these other marketplaces, they were also selling shit on their own website. Okay. On October 5th, 2021, the defendants were sentenced by U.S. District Judge J.P. Booley. Ooh. <laughs> to the following. Robert Whitley, a.k.a. Mr. Bob, <laughs> 70 of Atlanta, Georgia, was sentenced to five years, 10 months in prison to be followed by three years of supervised release. Wow. Okay. He previously pleaded guilty to one count of interstate transportation of stolen property. Yeah. Noni Whitley, 47 of Atlanta, Georgia, was sentenced to five years in prison to be followed by three years of supervised release. She previously pleaded guilty to one count of conspiracy to commit interstate transportation of stolen property. You bad girl. Both defendants were ordered, were also ordered to pay $4,348,762.90 in restitution to the victim retailers. Damn. The end. <laughs> oh my gosh. I Four just thought million dollars. I just thought that was not so crazy. That is not so crazy. I'm really glad you did that case. Like how did you really think you were gonna get away with that? Well, damn, they got away with it for at least seven years. I mean but shit. eventually, like what if they were audited? Like it was going to come to the surface eventually. I mean, come on. You was cleaning retail products at various houses throughout Atlanta. (laughs) They kept rolling with it. It was working. Um, I wonder how they find these boosters. Do they just like walk through drugstores and wait for somebody to steal something? Be like, hey, you need a gig? (laughs) Is that how you do that? Are you good at this? I'm going to watch and see if you get caught. Yeah. Meet me in the parking lot with whatever you got on you. Job interview (laughs) is to go in and steal a certain item. And your time starts now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm going to imagine that's how that goes down. I've been watching a lot of uh, Supermarket Sweep. Oh, no. And that's how they start it when, you know, when it's time for you to do your sweep Mm -hmm. with your buggy. And your time starts... Now, I used to watch that all the time. It was so good. So, so good. I've recently started watching it again. Where where are you watching it? I don't fucking know. I'll just type it in. I think it's on, like, okay, so I have this thing on my TV. I am not technologically savvy by any means. (laughs) I have this thing on my TV. Okay. I think it might be prime, quote, unquote, live TV. And there's a whole Supermarket Sweep channel. Oh, okay. And they just play Supermarket Sweep all day. Okay. I'm going to look this up. And I feel like it was or is on Netflix. I feel like I watched it on Netflix 
when I was in Denver visiting Mary. Hi, Mary. And I feel like we watched it on Netflix. Okay. And now I found the Supermarket Sweep channel. But I like. It's a whole channel. Oh, my God. Yeah. All day, every day. All day. Supermarket Sweep. That's kind of cool. Yeah. It's good background noise. Okay. I'm just going to type it in my search bar on my fire stick. Oh, totes. Yeah. And see, see what happens. Do it. Okay. Okay. I'm doing it. Do it. Do it. Do it. First, I got to do my case. Okay. Triggers. For grossness and more grossness. Are you ready? Yep. I'm just over here eating cookies. Okay. You got your cookie and your alcohol. Yep. Y'all might want to pull up some alcoholic beverages or a snack that will bring you some comfort as well. Because this is yuck. But... It was so insane mm-hmm. that it pulled me right in. Of course. Okay. So I am doing the case of Katie Plattle. Okay. Plattle is excellent. Yeah. And it doesn't even look like Plattle. <laughs> it looks like Plattle to me. Well, I mean, I would think it would be P-L-A-D-D-L-E. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, like it Plattle. It looks like it's misspelled. Yeah. It's great. But it's Plattle. Okay, so what started out as a joyful reunion of a young woman with her birth parents soon turned sour, then shocking, and finally deadly. Oh, I hate adoption ones. Okay, here we go. It's okay. A young woman named Katie married her birth father. What the fuck? Had a baby with him. And after she decided to leave him, lost her life to him along with that of their child and her adoptive father. I'm going to need you to break this shit down. I will. Okay. All three were laid to rest in upstate New York. Here we go. We're all still in shock, said Shirley Mann, a neighbor of Katie's adoptive parents in Dover, New York. It's crazy. I don't know what else to say. It's horrible. Katie, whose last name was Fusco at the time, had no idea before she moved in with Stephen Plattle and his wife in August 2016 that he had an explosive temper, a history of abusive behavior, and owned at least four guns. Oh, my goodness. I don't really see why that's a problem, but okay. But let's go take a look at Katie. Well, she's cute as a button. Right? I don't know where she is, but she's got a cute little hat on her head. Mm Mm-hmm. Looks like it's made with construction paper. In 1995, Stephen Plattle was 20 when he met a 15-year-old girl named Alyssa on the internet. Oh, God. Here's the backstory, okay? Soon, she became pregnant and gave birth to a girl they named Denise. Let's go look at a picture of Stephen. Let's just get this out of the way. Okay. Holding a baby. And so sorry to our Steven. Because <laughs> it's My spelled the same. But there's Steven. Well, he's garbage. Yeah. Okay. Alyssa Plattle told the Associated Press in an interview that um, they put the girl up for adoption when she was eight months old. They were young and poor, she said, but she also believes Steven physically abused the baby. In her interview, she did not elaborate. Um, okay. I need to know, Alyssa. I need to know more. But Um, I'm glad that you saw that y'all weren't fit. Yes, exactly. That's 
the right thing to do. That's very commendable. Making that decision is hard, but better for your child in the long run than the trauma of having them taken away in foster care. Right. Or worse. Yeah. Or worse. Yeah. Let's go look at a picture of Alyssa. Right quick. With a picture of baby Denise. She said it was hard to give her up, but I had to because I wanted her to live and be happy. For most of what was to be her short life, she was. Tony Fusco and his wife, Kelly, adopted the girl they renamed Katie and raised her with their biological daughter in Dover, about 80 miles north of New York City. Okay. Let's go take a look at the Fuscos. Their daughter is blacked out. Okay. For privacy purposes, Yeah, just, I guess, and that's fine. She's a minor. But there's Kelly. Okay. And Katie. And John. Typical family pick. Tony, not John. Tony. Why did I say John? I don't know. I have no clue. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's a name? Tony! <laughs> they had a very, very normal life, said Carrie Gould, Kelly Fusco's brother. My nickname for Katie was Pac-Man. She was always eating. She loved animals. And she was a vegetarian. Okay, that's cute. I know. Katie was an inspiring artist known at Dover High School for drawing comic strips. She planned to attend college and pursue a career in digital advertising. Okay. Katie sounds pretty cool. Absolutely. Here's a quote from her. A pen and something to draw on became a safe place for me, she wrote in a blog post. Ink became my weapon against rules and regulations. To be short, for me, a life without art is no life at all. Agreed. Lovely dear. After turning 18 in January 2016, Katie, who Gould said had been told that she was adopted, found her birth parents and messaged them. The Plattles were happy to reunite with her. Let's go take a look at the photos of their reunion. Okay. So Stephen and Alyssa were still together. They were still together, and they also had two more kids. Okay. So reunion one is Alyssa and Katie and the other two daughters. And then the other one is of Katie and Steven. Okay. This is how he looked when Katie first came back into their lives. Gotcha. After she came around, he started wearing skinny jeans and shaved his beard and started growing his hair out. And it's gross. Okay. Yeah. So there's their reunion. Instead of going to college in August 2016, Katie moved in with the Plattles in Henrico. Yeah. Yeah. County, Virginia, that month. Tony and Kelly Fusco were apprehensive, Gould said, but they thought Katie was old enough to make her own decisions and supported her. All was not so well in the Plattle home. Obviously. Stephen and Alyssa had already decided to separate and were sleeping in separate rooms. Alyssa said she had suffered emotional and verbal abuse by her husband for years. And why would you let this girl move back into your home? Thank you. I'm so mad about all of it. Mm -hmm. She said, I was always on eggshells, whatever his mood was. Everybody knew, and that mood was often not happy. A lot of yelling, a lot of things smashed in the house in front of our kids, she said. No, thank you. She told Katie that Stephen had abused her as a baby and that a major reason for the adoption was her own safety. She did try. Okay. But but you had already accepted her. Like, I understand she wanted her baby back. Yeah. I get that. And Katie probably wanted to bond with her siblings. Yes. But, uh, I, well, I mean, Alyssa couldn't have Facebook foreseen. Facebook friend them. <laughs> I mean, maybe, 
maybe like take it baby some baby steps. Mm-hmm. You know, not not. Okay, so Steven's behavior changed after he met Katie. Like I told y'all, he started wearing skinny jeans, form-fitting shirts. He shaved his beard and let his hair grow long. About six weeks after Katie moved in, Steven, one night, slept on the floor in her room. That's not okay. Dude, get out. Knowing what I know, yes, it's fucked up. But if my kid came back... After years. I mean, I might want to sleep with them, too. You know, not, I, not when they're an adult like that. Like, hey, and you don't know them. But he, like, I get the feeling that maybe he, like, crept in there after she was asleep. Now, if y'all all want to hang out in the living room and make some pallets and have, like, a little slumber party or, you know, something yeah. like that, that, that's different. Like, I kind of see what you're saying. Yeah. Like, I get it, but I have a feeling it was... But I wouldn't think... I don't know. That's creepy. just weird. That, I think it's It was creepy. enough for Alisa yeah. to go, um, what? Yeah. It immediately concerned Alyssa. After he did it again the next night, she confronted him. He said it was none of her business and stormed out of the house with Katie. I mean, that's a okay. little suspicious. Yeah. Yeah, there's red flags everywhere. Alyssa finally moved out in November 2016, and she shared custody of the two children with Stephen. In May 2017, she learned from her 11-year-old daughter's journal of the incestuous relationship and Katie's pregnancy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's gross. That's gross. (sighs) Yep. But I'm pushing through. (laughs) Her daughter wrote that she and her sister were told by Stephen to refer to Katie as their stepmother. It's their fucking sister. That's your kid. Oh, it gets worse. It, you made that. That's it, your DNA, you fuck. Yep. yep. Look, it, it, ugh. We're going to keep going. Ugh. I started to become hysterical and I called him, she said. I said, Katie is pregnant with your baby? He just said, I thought you knew we're in love. No, 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 you're not. No, she you're not. She started screaming. I was just cussing him out. How could you? You're sick. She's a child. Then she called the police. Good job. Good yeah. on you. Good job, Alyssa. Oh, my God. But it didn't stop this from happening. Isn't incest illegal? I mean, yes, but not in all states. Oh, I, gross. I don't know what it is. Oh, gross. Okay, so... <laughs> Oh, God. On July 20th, 2017, two months after his divorce from Alyssa was finalized and amid the police investigation, Stephen married Katie in Parkton, Maryland. They lived on their application. No. They did not live on application. I was like, wait, that doesn't make sense. I saw your eyes change. As you were reading, like, wait a minute. (laughs) They lied. They lied. They lied on their application, saying they were unrelated, according to records. There's wedding photos. I'm outraged. Katie's adoptive parents posed for a photo on the wedding day, along with Stephen, Katie, and Stephen's mother. Katie wears a short black dress. You knew she was ma- your. Uh, you knew she was marrying her biological father. <laughs> what in the wait, actual wait, fuck is happening? Wait, wait, there was more people there. But her parents, and her, her adopted, adopted parents, her adopted parents. 
And they know that that's and her birth father. mother. There couldn't have been a lot of people there because they're all fucking related. <laughs> there was nobody there. Look, Tony and Kelly thought that there was nothing that they could do and had decided it was best to support Katie. I'll be damned. <laughs> Look, I'm speaking mm. up. I object to this union. Object all over the place. There are so many things I would have done differently. You want to go? Let, look, let's, let's just, just go, go to the photos. Uh, just go to the photos. Because I put together a, a cute little montage. Look at the cute little romantic picture we have over here in front of the water. This is gross. I'm going to vomit. This is gross. And then there's a whole family photo. I mean, it's... it's Why? Like, I... Uh, Why? Um, this is awful. This is terrible. It's terrible and awful. <sighs> Let's just continue. Terrible and awful and it's gross. It's all terrible and awful and gross. I told you. Triggers. Triggers. It's gross. <laughs> I've never done one like this before. I've done some messed up stuff, but, uh... This is Bagoo. Yeah. Toad's Bagoo. Uh, okay. Katie gave birth to Bennett. Their baby boy's little name was Bennett. Okay, that's an adorable name. Yeah. How many fingers and toes did he have? I don't know. It doesn't show photos of that. Yeah. She gave birth to him on September 1st. She and Steven moved into a house on a cul-de-sac in Nightdale, North Carolina, just east of Raleigh. They probably don't care there. We already know North Carolina. <laughs> Look, <laughs> North Carolina don't give a shit. Uh-uh. Zero fucks. But wedded bliss did not last long. They were arrested on incest charges in January. Thank there you fucking go. goodness. There you go. A judge ordered them to not contact each other, and Steven's mother... I custody of the baby. Uh, I don't feel like that was a good place for him to go either. She raised Steven. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my fuck. I have a photo of baby Bennett and Katie with Bennett. Okay. He's a cutie patootie. He is precious. I'd put money on him having some webs or some like web toes or some extra fingers or something. I don't know. But he's so cute. And why they blurred his face out in that picture with Steven, I don't know. Some of the photos were blurred out, but there's lots of photos of baby Bennett. And then there's a picture of Katie and Bennett, and it's precious. I know it's messed up. I know, but it's precious. Well, I don't blame her. Yeah. I blame him because he's a grown-ass fucking man, and she is an emotional 18-year-old. Impressionable. Desperately seeking the love of her Mm -hmm. birth family. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. He is an awful human. Okay. Yes. Okay. Stephen Plattle's lawyer, Rick Friedman II. Well, you lost, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Rick Friedman II. <laughs> said there was never an allegation that Stephen had pressured Katie into a relationship. This case is an 18-year-old girl who shows up at the doorstep of a 40-year-old man who's going through difficult times with his wife. It's your daughter! They have a bond because they're biologically related, but they never knew each other before they had a sexual relationship. He was head over heels in love with her, 
So much so that that outweighed the issue of them being biologically related. It's fucking disgusting, bro. It is fucking dis- It's so bad. Please, y'all, look, look, we don't judge for a lot of stuff, but this is not okay. Don't put your dick in your kid. That no, should be can like you a just law. not? It, it be, is, it, actually. It should be like a rule. <laughs> you know? Like, uh, don't put your dick in your kid. That, that's a rule. After the arrest, Katie moved back with Tony and Kelly, who declined to comment for this article. Of course, because, ooh. And, like, you know what? How hard up was his lawyer that he thought, Yeah, this is okay. I can make a good argument for this. I'll take this case. I'll defend this garbage. I could not be a defense attorney. I could not. That's why they all suck. I I just could not. You see why I say that You have to compromise your morals to make them bend and twist and fit into something that's right. You see right. why I say that now? All yes, defense attorneys yes. are kind of garbage. I, I do see why you say that now. <sighs> yeah. No, I mean, I felt that way for a while, but yeah. Really kind of putting myself in their spot. No, I could not do that. No. There's no way in I hell. would. Uh, no. Okay. All right. But every Tuesday and Thursday, she would travel to her adoptive grandmother's home in Waterbury, Connecticut. No, I mean, to go see the baby. Yeah. On April 12th, a Thursday, Katie and Tony left the Dover home for Waterbury. You know, Happy Gilmore played golf there. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Why do I know the things that that I know? (laughs) Why do I know the things I know? He absolutely did. That's Mm -hmm. why it sounds familiar. The Waterbury Open. Yes. (laughs) Okay, sorry. I'm about to talk about some really bad shit. Okay, I'm even done. worse than what? Uh, e- yeah, even worse than what I've already been talking about. Oh God! Ready? Yeah. Okay. So on April 12th, a Thursday, Katie and Tony left for Waterbury in a minivan nearby. Stephen watched them leave. He was caught on surveillance, surveillance, surveillance video. I quit. <laughs> Minutes later. In nearby New Milford, witnesses reported someone opening fire. Katie and Tony, 56, were fatally shot. Oh, my gosh. Stephen was later found dead of a self-inflicted gunshot back in Dover. In that 911 call obtained by WNCN-TV, Stephen's mother told the dispatcher her son (sighs) said he had killed the baby. Okay, so we know for a fact when he followed in the minivan, he killed Katie, mm-hmm. and he killed her adoptive father. Mm-hmm. And so he told his... And he told his mom that he had killed the baby. The caller said he left the baby dead. He told me to call the police, and I shouldn't go over there. Uh, no, you shouldn't. The caller said that Stephen then admitted to killing his wife and her adoptive father, the station reports. His wife broke up with him yesterday over the phone, Stephen's mother said in a 911 recording. She's in New York, and he told me he was on his way, and after bringing the baby to her, then he was coming back. Stephen's mother uh, told the authorities, I can't believe this is happening, according to a 911 call transcript from which her name was redacted. Her son, she said, was upset because Katie, by then just 20, had broken up with him. Boo-hoo! Yes, this is all. Police found the baby dead and alone in Katie and Stephen's home. Alyssa Plattle struggles to make sense of it all. I'm grieving. I'm sad. I'm upset, she said. But I also want to have something good come out of this. If it's to get the truth out there, to open people's eyes to incest. Oh, my God. So the baby so was it. still like a baby baby. Baby baby. Like that photo that like I showed you. Baby. 
That was okay. uh, that was baby. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's fucked up. Yeah. There's my case. Well, that sucked. I'm sorry. There was no way to make that one funny. It was gross. Yeah, I felt compelled to tell it for some reason. Now, now after doing it, I don't know why. So now that we're done and everybody's been looking at the socials of all the photos and stuff of our cases. Because y'all remember how to do that, right? Right. Like, because right. we didn't tell you to do that at the beginning. So hopefully you remember too. <laughs> we're super pros. Professionals. Yeah. But now it is time for Guess That Cryptid! Okay, so it's time for another clue. Clue number two. Open your ears. Listening ears. Listen, friends. Yes. I'm about to tell you something. Hey. It has powerful legs that allow it to leap. Huge distances. One more again. It has powerful legs that allow it to leap huge distances. There you go. Clue number two. Clue number two. Keep up with all the clues. Make sure you're following us so you don't miss a thing. Because mm-hmm. you don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> don't want to close my eyes. I'll miss a clue. Leave that in there. About the cryptids. <laughs> it stays. Fuck. So there you go. Go uh, make a guess if you dare. Mm-hmm. Make sure you read the rules. We have those pinned at the top. Yeah, now. make sure you read the rules. There, there are rules to this before you just start guessing away. Yeah. Yeah. You only get one guess per cryptid. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You only win one time per season. Mm-hmm. Just to be fair, I mean, we can't have the same person win all of them. And it would be boring for them because they're all the same thing. Yeah, it's all the same price. So (laughs) that wouldn't benefit you at all. So um, I guess that's it. Yeah. I guess we're done. Come back again. Next week? Yeah. We insist. Yeah, because we'll be here. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Ta-ta. Doses. Thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget to visit us on Facebook and Instagram for episode picks and announcements. Please rate and review on Apple, Spotify, and Facebook. We want to give a huge shout out to Stephen Goetzky for editing, Craig Sweever for music, and our very own Amanda Hagens for art. We'll talk at you next week.